Welcome to R&R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. And today we will be discussing the long-awaited Marvel film, Black Widow, literally been coming out for the last two years. I it, it's, But it's been anticipated longer than that. I mean, yeah. I still remember the uh, SNL uh, skit of the Black Widow movie where it was just a romantic comedy. <laughs> Oh, it was that supposed to be that wasn't supposed to be the Black Widow movie. It was, it was supposed to be the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Wow, yeah, do, I do remember that SNL skit too, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's finally out, and we watched it opening day, literally like the very first showing we could possibly see. NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Which I will say, it's not because Black Widow is my favorite character, but because I was waiting so long for any Marvel movie to come out. Like it could have, it could have been any movie. It could have been Howard the Duck, honestly, and I probably would have been seen it the first day. So. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and I'll probably see Shang-Chi opening day, too. Yep, definitely. I'm actually more excited for Shang-Chi uh, than I would like it. If there was no wait, if it wasn't, you know, a long awaited, literally like waiting for Black Widow to come out for this long, I would be more I would be equally or more excited to see Chang- Shang-Chi. I, I get that. Um, Really, just because I think it's cool. I, I want to, you know, I like the idea of like a, you know, like a Kung Fu Marvel character and yeah. iron fist was such a major super letdown that like please bring please come on redeem us redeem us yeah i i feel like disney has two things to redeem themselves for one iron fist within the mcu but also like i feel like shang chi gives me the hopeful vibes i had when i saw the first mulan trailer mm-hmm of oh this looks like it could be really good and then it just wasn't at all i never watched that new mulan it it, it, you made a good choice in not watching it it's just unremarkable they're just like anything unique about the first one has been stripped out and then it's not good enough as a like dramatic war film because it's not like adult enough and then there's they they take out the talking dragon so that they can put magic in it anyways Oh, yeah, I did. See, see, I remember seeing that in the commercials where it was like they had this witch that was like able to transform and stuff. And it's like, OK, so you, well, we couldn't get Mushu. You couldn't get Eddie Murphy back to do Mushu. I, it didn't even need to be Eddie Murphy. Like they could have gotten like a comedic like anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Glad I didn't watch it. Glad we're not we're not doing a podcast about Mulan today. <laughs> April Fool's Mulan recap right now. All right. But Black Widow. Yeah. So we're just going to do a quick recap and then just really just, you know. Well, before the recap. Oh, before the recap. Here's a word from our sponsor. No, we don't have that yet. Oh, yeah. We're not important enough. (laughs) Let us know if you want to sponsor us. But uh, before that, let's get some first impressions. So what? How? So I think we were both excited going into the movie. Did this movie meet your expectations, beat your expectations or did it not quite live up to what you hoped it could be? Here's the honest truth is that it did not meet my expectations. However, I really think it's because I, I was, my expectations were very high. Like as reference, everybody's been basically waiting for this movie for, you know, over, over a year since literally before, you know, COVID and all that. So it, but it was a very good movie still. So I just, you know, it, it truly is just a matter of expectations because I really just come out of it and be like, that was a really good movie, but it still, it just didn't, 
I feel like I, I needed more, you know? And I get it, that. And here's the thing. Like, we're coming off of, like, I mean, the movie before this was, like, a third installment of Spider-Man. Was it third? Second. Oh, second. Second. Well, yeah. Second installment of Spider-Man, and before that, it was Endgame. So, you know, you had some, like, big kind of, like... Shoes to fill. Yeah, exactly. Like, coming up after those... But this is still pretty great and spectacular. There is also I, I should have measured my expectation more because. No offense, but it's a movie about Black Widow, who is not like a major super key character, like great. Awesome, it's a like, film about a character we already know is dead. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, so we already know it's this is like not a, you know, this is something that already happened some time ago. Um, but again, overall, I liked it. It gave us. You know, I, I'm glad we got a Black Widow movie eventually. This movie could have, like, clearly sits in a certain place in the timeline and would have been better if it came out, like, near then. But... Yeah, so that's one thing I could say that... What's interesting about the movie is that because it didn't come out when it occurred within the timeline, they could have essentially released it any time. And in a way... I've heard some people say that they like this movie where it was put because it feels like a better send off to Black Widow than Endgame was. Yes, I will agree with that. But yeah, like it, you, you do kind of get robbed of some of the suspense of the movie in that, you know, that like Natasha's making it out. Here's the thing, though, you may. I, I felt some sense of some suspense of I don't know if they are going to keep all of the supporting cast in the movie like you. I, I had the strong hope that a lot of these people would come through because like particularly Florence Pugh and David Harbour, I really hope would make it out of the movie. But part of me was like, but they could die because they can't kill Black Widow, but they could kill off one of these people mm -hmm. and just have like wasted this really good casting for future uses. Yeah, but Disney's not going to just throw away easily merchandisable characters that they might be able to bring back again. They they do it all the time with their villains. Except for Loki. Yeah, but the villains are expected to die. I, I didn't expect Killmonger to die at the end. I didn't expect Hela to die at the end because I thought they were so cool and unique that they could have kept going, kept them for future uses. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't know why to say being, you know, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, here's the thing, because I don't know if it actually makes in in comics. It makes sense to your villains to keep existing and continue on with their little plans and stuff. But like, how does it make sense to keep having villains around and keep making like how? How many times can you make a movie with where the, it's a hero versus that villain again? I guess you could say like, oh, well, it doesn't have to be this hero versus that villain. It could be Iron Man could fight Killmonger next time or something like that. The villains could have redemption arcs. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. That's how, what happened with Loki. Yeah, I don't know how Hela gets a redemption arc. But, uh, you know, uh, but or even frankly, Killmonger, who's like clearly so... I mean, like so, the thing is, I think that they do a thing which they do with most villains, which is where they sate them in such like a like they've not gone pol they've gone polar evil, right? You do. Here's what you do: you do the um uh, the thing, uh, the Zemo thing, where you put them in jail and then use them at a later time. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. To say that like Zemo is the person that you saved and used again later 
is kind of like I mean not to say like he's a lesser villain, but like I you, it's yeah. fair it's fair because he didn't really mean much to Civil War other than being the catalyst for stuff to happen. Yeah. Like he didn't he he wasn't really a presence there. But like they've also misused a lot of villains, including in this movie. I've heard some reactions of people who are fans of the comics being quite upset at um uh, the portrayal of Taskmaster Taskmaster. What's wait, well, why? Like because they weren't powerful enough, or because their origin, or just like it's not true to the character what they did with it, and it's kind of lackluster, I guess. Because Taskmaster is supposed to be able to mimic any Avengers like fighting style, and you like you kind of get like a sense of that in like the using the shield and stuff, and like if you're like familiar with the fighting styles, you can kind of see it, but like. It like it could have been a much cooler enemy that's just kind of like made. I don't I don't know. I I didn't have that sense. I liked I thought Taskmaster was kind of cool, but like just like kind of cool. It's like wasn't really a big villain. And honestly, yeah, that's kind of the biggest flaw with this movie are the villains. Yeah, I will say that, you know, like Taskmaster is kind of cool in this movie, but I don't really think we get like enough of a real like we we encounter taskmaster and see taskmaster do a bunch of things in the movie like we get and, and and i clearly like get a bunch of like them being like look taskmaster copying these different avenger things like yeah. we get the we get the shield which is obvious we get you know him using bow and arrow we get him like pulling out claws um we get a, a few different things but i don't think we get like a really just like good solid like there's a lot of action in this movie uh, but we don't get like a solid battle between black, like a really climactic, like them just going at it. Uh, pretty much only, I mean, we get red guardian fighting taskmaster for a little bit and we get black widow fighting, getting beat up by taskmaster for a little bit, but we don't get like, just like a solid, like, like duking it out until it's over kind of thing. We get, I mean, the resolution of taskmaster is that they are released from their mind control. And that's how Taskmaster's all not really defeated, just you know, sub like the 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 driving force of their aggression is subverted. Yeah. So But yeah. We've kind of gone off topic. Whatever. This is a podcast we can no, talk about. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, let me so let me say what my impression was. So interestingly enough, as hyped up as this movie was, as long awaited as this movie was, I um kind of went into it with I think fairly measured expectations because I was like, you know what? I like this movie can't like be that great. Like it can't look, it's not going to have like universe shattering stuff occurring in it. If anything happens in this movie that changes the MCU going forward, it's going to be a post credit scene. Most likely mm -hmm. nothing in the plot of this movie is going to really touch the MCU. Mm -hmm. And it's also probably not going to be that high scale of a thing because just by the nature of it needing to be accomplished entirely by non-Avengers. And I expected no Avengers to show up other than Black Widow and no Avengers showed up except as a picture in a post credit scene. Yep. Yeah. And so I went into this just like hoping for a good time. And you know what? I thought it was so great i just really loved it like i give it like an a like al like almost an a plus 
Like, I, I just, I just thought it was freaking great. <laughs> I, I would say that this movie gets like a A minus and I think like it lost like two points from one just straight at my expectations, which I understand. Like I went in there expecting a lot, but it's 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 a simple thing that it suffers from because it we, we had to wait so long for it to come out. And so, that's not anybody's fault. Um, and then there are just a couple little things in it that I potentially could have, you know, like I could criticize a little bit like the Taskmaster point. You know, that's yeah. a little bit of criticism we can give there, but it's not so huge it's like oh my god this character's like destroyed by it and and here's the thing is in some sense i'm not like a huge marvel comics reader i didn't like grow up reading yeah. them i just you know but so, i yeah. always like the characters and so i'm not like i see taskmaster in this and i understood what his powers were and who he was supposed to be they were supposed to be yeah. beforehand but i didn't have an expectation of exactly how they would act and so this is just my rep this is who taskmaster is in the mcu and i was fine with it yeah I, and I agree with that. So I, I don't know if you get this sense, but this movie gives me a lot of the vibes that Winter Soldier as a movie gave, except I feel like this movie, like for me, this movie does what I think Winter Soldier did for a lot of people, because I've heard a lot of people say that Winter Soldier is like one of their favorite Marvel movies. And I thought it was good, but I I feel like this movie does for me that kind of like spy thriller type Marvel movie better for me personally, though. I would entirely agree. So I think there's a feeling in Winter Soldier of like, like, I don't know, like danger, like real, like foreboding kind of danger. And and here's the thing is that I, I feel that it really comes across because our our main characters in this movie are quite mortal. And, and just like in Winter Soldier, we do have super soldiers, right? So we have like, you know, Red Guardian is not the main guy. Captain America, obviously, was his main. But we have like a, a super soldier. So someone who is super strong, but not invincible, not bulletproof, not unkillable. Um, and so because they both of that, have Black Widow. Yeah, and they both <laughs> have Black Widow. Um, and so because of that, both of these movies have like real stakes almost. The, like, and, and of course, I think every movie gives us stakes. Like, you know, even in Thor, we know that like, you know, he can fail and be hurt and things like that. But there is always this feeling. That I mean, like Iron Man is is bulletproof and has like all these things at his disposal. Thor is is practically unkillable. Um, and w like the Hulk, that you know, there's so many heroes that are just invulnerable to r true damage. Um, that they they won't have to raise the stakes in those own movies. But here we're they're real people, regular people that are not bulletproof, just exceptional as yeah. who they are. But the stakes are very real. If they just get hit by a, a bullet, they're they're dead really. The more I think about it, the more similarities are between this, these movies, because in both of them, they're facing down against this like sort of shadowy undercover European organization mm -hmm. like German versus Russian Red Room versus Hydra that are utilizing mind control to um, uh, uh, control the main like fighting bad guy of the movie but like the main fighting bad guy isn't the actual villain they're just the the means by which the villains are fighting our main character mm -hmm. yeah um so just to organize how we continue talking about the movie because i mean we've touched on a few points already but um, I guess we're going to do a recap, but we're not going to be super strict to it. I think we just like summarize up to certain points, then talk about anything we have right there. Yeah. So let's and let's start from the beginning in 1995. 
1995, Ohio. We basically get Black Widow as as a young girl and her sister and their undercover Russian agents, like you know, like parents. Yeah, like they're undercover. Uh, what, what what is the term that they use for like like you know cold sleeper cells? Sleeper cells. Yeah, I don't know. Why I was thinking cold. Yeah, sleeper cell Russian agents that are basically trying to invade a a shield operation and steal some secrets, which they successfully do. And we see them escape. Um, And we see this point where basically they're all separated that the, you know, that Alexi was actually red guardian and Melina was just another, a a widow agent. And now they're all set. They're like, all right, we're going to go off and be agents and red guardian. And you're going to train to be black widows because that's what we do. We're Russian agents. Yeah. But like, they're also like, you really get this sense, like before they get taken off like at least for me because i didn't know that they were like surrogate parents like part of me was like like i like i didn't understand what the situation was so like i was like looking at these little girls and i was just like especially the little uh yelena girl like it's just like you just feel for them because you know what's gonna happen yeah you know that they have to go become black widows but it's just like such like a nice it feels like such a nice family environment and like to see it like kind of immediately gone away like it really this really sets up well the feelings that we see portrayed by Florence Pugh and to a certain extent I'm a Scarlett Johansson leader in the movie yeah when I mean you really notice that it's it's clearly said that Natasha already was in the red room so she's already had some training and already been through that stuff and that this might have been this was in, in a sense some kind of break yeah. for her like she was able to like not keep doing that and become a little agent so she got to live a normal life she she went from like a strange like lily from birth being raised to be some like you know secret agent uh probably through brutal means and and then got a taste of a regular life and and i don't know what's worse having been raised like that and tasting it and then going back to it or having never experienced it and having to have it all taken away from you like his yelena is they say she I, I don't know exactly how she was introduced or how they got her but um, her not being like the actual child of these parents makes me question like, where, where does she come? Where are her real parents? So like, they were there for three years. Let's estimate Yelena looks like she's six. I think that's the idea. Yeah, I, I got six. So she was three when she got there. So three year old wasn't going through any training. So this was her entire life. When she says later that it felt real to her, it's because it was literally real for her. Yeah. And and you know what? If there was any relationship that was definitely real, it was between the two sisters. Mm-hmm. And the downside is that they ha- had to lose touch. Yeah. And we I mean, Natasha shows that when they're basically getting taken, like how she really cares for them. Like, I mean, if we can doubt, like how much Alexi and Melina care, because like, oh, they were already they're, like, these are just some kids they threw us with and we're Russian agents. We do get the uh, the sense that Natasha at least really cared about her sister. I mean, she literally was like, I'll shoot you, I'll kill you, you know, to stop them all. And because, that, I mean, we just really feel it. We really feel that she she knew what Yelena was basically probably going to go into. She knew what she was going back to. She was already ready, but Yelena did not know, and so she was protective over her. We know that she really did care at that time. Even if later Yelena's like, who knows if you even really cared, but we know that Yelena felt like she cared. She felt like it was a real family. That's what she knew. Yeah. And it, yes. And that, which makes it almost, again, I don't know what's worse. Is it, is it worse to have been raised in a brutal environment like that 
and then have a taste of what it's like to be normal and then have it taken away from you? Or is it worse to have never known and and then have it taken away from you? How, like be like, this is my life and then be like, no, this is your life now. I would say, look, look I can't answer for sure, but I would say um, uh, I'd prefer to be in Natasha's shoes because she gets to truly enjoy the three years. And when they're going away, she gets to prepare for it. Whereas Yelena's like, oh, we're going on an adventure. Yeah. Like she doesn't understand and she has to slowly, inch by inch, learn how like devastating that whole thing is. And yeah, so like the effects of the effects of how traumatizing that is is shown with her like throughout the movie but okay so we we finished we're done with the past and they come to the future natasha is on the run from shield directly following the events of civil war yeah so she you know and he specifically says you attacked the wakandan prince right which uh basically goes to the moment right when Black Panther. It's it's really weird that that's the only thing that they're like specifically charging for because it's the, the moment she attacks Black Panther is literally when he's about to like catch uh uh Steve and um Bucky. Yeah. And and basically she like turns she sort of like turns coat and like yeah. shoots him, like stop him. Uh like a like a, a you know like a stun, you know, electro dart thing that she has on her wrist. Yeah, but she killed the. Or she attacked the king of Wakanda. She, she did, but it's like it, I, I just I just think to myself, I'm like that totally was a thing. She definitely did it, but um, uh, like it's it's just funny that that's how like they like knew that they, like I guess Black Panther went back and snitched on her. He said he said oh she attacked me and stopped me from being able to. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Tony was a snitch. Maybe any of the people on their side was the snitch. Yeah. And then that's what they were like. You broke the Scovia Accords are bringing you in. Yeah. Um, which, because what she did she's, because she showed up on their side and yeah, then and then betrayed them. Yeah. So um, I just thought it was like, a. I mean, it is a legitimate thing, but it always it seemed like weird that they were like, this is the thing. We're literally sending every military guy after you to make sure you go to jail. But yeah, Steve, Steve and Natasha are the two that uh, are have not been apprehended and they think that they're about to get Natasha and oops, she's in a different country. Yeah. Cause she's clearly a, a whole step above them, you know, far, far beyond them, way better than them. She's in a whole different country and she's like, all right, I'm just going to go start a new life. Lily, like new identities, whatever, live in Norway, all good and cool. At the same time we get uh, her, you know, Yelena is tracking somebody down in the process of tracking her down is released from her mind control and is like, oh my god, what have I been doing? She's and- she's been living life as as a widow, working under the red room, pretty much under mind control. Because we see her basically get released with this red dust, yeah. and like she instantly realizes what happens, and she is able to take like this little case filled with these red vials that presumably are going to re- be able to release the other widows. And what does she do with it? She sends it to Budapest. Uh, yeah, she leaves or she well, she really sends it to I get she, she sends send, it to but she doesn't send it to Budapest because she leaves it in the Budapest safe house mail so it can be taken to Natasha. Yeah, because she's in Budapest. She's in the safe house. Yeah. So like she doesn't want it with her because she'll be tracked down. She wants it with Natasha. Well, she's but she's trying to send it to Natasha through Budapest. Yeah. So but Natasha gets it and basically on her like I'm going to, you know, live a 
you know, be chill and just live by myself is attacked by Taskmaster, who's trying to recover the vials. Uh, he thinks that he does, uh, but doesn't. Natasha has them. Whatever. Get, <laughs> like, uh, until that point, everybody thought he was a man. I didn't. I I thought the frame was that of a guy, and I think it was supposed to be a reveal, and it wasn't supposed to look like the lithe feminine form. One, whatever. the Red Room, like, they only have female agents. Two, Matthew Patrick predicted it being a female taskmaster like two years ago. Whatever. I'm going to use whatever pronouns I want. Uh, moving on, taskmaster thinks that they recover the vials, and but they do not. Natasha secures them. Natasha realizes it came from Budapest, goes there. Realizes it came from her sister because the picture was left with it. Right, yes. Their their childhood picture. Yes, goes to Budapest, meets up with Yelena, and... They fight at first, but then they come together when they're attacked by the widows. Yes, and then they escape the widows. Um, Car chase, uh, motorcycle chase, all that ensues. Great great action. Yeah, exactly. Like so, So up to this point, like we have... You know, cool little uh, scene like this. This movie is really action packed, truly, almost more so than like Winter Soldier. If we, you know, like kind of use that as somewhat of a comparison, like we talk, we're talking about action scene with Yelena, action scene with Taskmaster, action scene with Yelena and Natasha escaping with. And this doesn't even inc- include the airplane takeoff at the beginning of the movie, which honestly I thought was really tight too. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It, it, it's interesting to watch yourself root for the Russian spies to get away from the American government when in reality, had they been caught, then Natasha and Yelena would have lived normal lives. Uh, Yeah, because in that moment, at least for me, I was definitely like, come on, they got to get away. They got to go. Yeah. But like, had they been apprehended, like yeah. the two little girls, those are probably going to just be taken into like foster care and like maybe they would have lived like not the greatest lives but like they yelena would have a uterus all right so we just got it right here folks communist sympathizer on the podcast here (laughs) rooting for the russian agents they're not actually see here's another thing about he's red guardian like but it's like 1995 the the wall is down like that's the real question they're working for the red room and at this point i suppose the red room isn't really the communist party. I don't know. It's kind of just like Hydra is a leftover is basically a leftover Nazi yeah. command. The red room is definitely, I'm assuming I'm not a leftover. Like now again, it doesn't have to be strictly communist, but certainly the ideals of the, you know, uh, the like Russian communist party. Like, I, I, w- yeah. I was just splitting hairs on whether or not it was working for the communist. Like it wasn't the Soviet union at this point, but like, like I said, like, in reality, you should be rooting for them to get caught because one, they're stealing stuff from Shield, who I guess is Hydra at this point, but like Shield is still better than the Red Room. Specifically, they even say like that was Hydra developing the technology they stole. Yeah, because because it's 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 essentially what they used on uh, Bucky, but like a more advanced version, I would presume. It's actually, uh, I think the, what they were working on is more specifically stuff that they were like, if anybody watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's like an arc where there's a mind control thing. Yeah. And I think that technology they were using there was more what they were using in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as opposed to what Bucky was using was like, was like a it was like, chemical yeah. brainwashing, like literally activation, like actual like, you know. He, but, but like it came like 
they had that need for mind control in the past and they were just able to develop it more. It's yeah. not exactly what was used on Bucky, but it's the same intent. Yeah, I think I think what, what they used on Bucky was was kind of like what they used on Natasha almost. They said that they, they did programming on mm-hmm. her and they programmed Bucky. They didn't have mind control. They weren't No, they, yeah, that I know I'm I'm saying that's not what it happened, mm-hmm. but they developed the mind control as an easier method than the programming. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, action scenes up to this point, I, I mean, th- that's the thing about this movie is that like, we, I, I really commend it for balancing action and, uh, and narrative. Like we definitely get narrative moments, but it's always like action, narrative, action, narrative, action. And, and the action is like essentially pushing the narrative forward. Like normally, there's just like, I mean, you know, you watch an action movie and it's just gratuitous action almost for no reason. This is always like the action is part of like what's supposed to be happening. Like they're being pursued by the widows, which then pushes them to go to the next place. Taskmaster come, like basically takes Natasha from where if if she doesn't send the vials there and ta- like Natasha would just been like chilling. Basically. Yeah, that that action sequence is a pushing her forward, you know, in the story a little bit. Um, And so I appreciate how they use action here. Uh, it's, it's almost better than a normal action movie because sometimes normal action movies, it's, you know, the people are just fighting for the sake of fighting. So after this action, the, the set piece in Budapest, they like are just sort of driving away and we're getting a chance for the, the sisters to like, you know, interact with each other, uh, Yelena and, uh, Natasha. And this is, at least for me, this is where I started to realize that Florence Pugh really was just gonna like steal this movie. I dude, uh, yeah, yeah. This is really up to the point. Like once we start getting more of her interacting with Natasha, uh, especially just like you know Marvel, they're known for dropping in their their like funny stuff, right? Like they got to do the funny things. But I want to say about this movie is that they didn't overdo it. It was done like sort of like in an amusing way, like these amusing little moments. But it wasn't it wasn't too much. It wasn't like ha 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 like major joke. It was just like like her being a. This is see, this is I specifically like listened to a review of this movie where they made a note that it's not just that the humor was like used at different moments or whatever. It's that it's a different kind of humor, specifically Florence Pugh, because a lot of Marvel is like the sort of quippy jokes that like Mm. the same joke could be said by Iron Man, could be said by Doctor Strange, could be said by pretty much anybody because they're just like sort of like quippiness, whereas Yelena is not quippy because like she's basically lived a very like messed up life. And so like her humor is like kind of like weird non sequitur humor, like, like her talking about her vest early on in the movie. That was just like, so it was just such like a natural funny. And you know what, what I want to say is like having spoken to spoken and noticed this in quite a few female friends of mine, I feel like that was really just touching a lot of women and the whole idea of pockets, that whole pockets thing. <laughs> there's so I, many pockets. Yeah, there's so many pockets. You don't, you wouldn't even know what they have in here. <laughs> like I have heard that same sentiment from so many girls where they're just, where they're just so fascinated by having pockets, like more pockets on things. Cause apparently like women's clothes and, and yeah, stuff just no. doesn't have it. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I, I, I felt like, you know, I'm not a girl, but I felt like that was touching <laughs> women in some way right there. And it was just so like, interestingly, you know, uh, like just, it, it was amusingly like on point. But yeah, so, and through the, their interactions, we get the reveal that the Red Room was never, wasn't brought down. Uh, Natasha really thought that she killed the 
I can't remember the name. Drakov. Drakov. Thought she killed Drakov. Thought she shut down the Red Room, but it's been going on this whole time. And she's been none the wiser. Yeah. So, I mean, basically we get them and they're like, all right, well, we need to find the Red Room. We don't know who would know where it's at except for our pseudo father. And so they're like, let's go break him out. Let's yep. go find him. And they go to some like Arctic prison, underground Russian Arctic prison. Presumably in Siberia. Yeah, something like that. And, uh, you know, they basically go and enact a plan to uh, release Alexei, uh, you know, who we get like, uh, again, David Harbour just being really funny as him. He is yeah. he is a character where he's just being funny as himself, just like Florence Pugh, just being herself and being funny. He's the same way where he's just he's not saying any like quippy, funny. Just, just, just him being going a, through the arm wrestling and talking about I was fighting Captain America in the 80s and like Captain America was still asleep then. Are you calling me liar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it it's funny because we we know so I, so I believe that like Red Guardian was was supposed to be like a you know like oh this is like an antagonistic force to Captain yeah. America kind of thing. And like in the comics like they surely battled. And so the, but like we the know the timeline that, doesn't match up for he, the MCU. Yeah, in the MCU it didn't happen. And so it's like kind of like he it's a thing that he wishes like like that would have been his nemesis, the person he was supposed to face and he just like never really got that. So he has to like kind of imagine or create this bravado of like what you know what he like should have gotten to do but yeah so like you get like his prison the prison escape at scene like because like when they like get him out like he's supposed to like do this um like quietly but he instantly like the second natasha says don't make a scene he goes and he punches through the glass to steal the baked goods that were sent for him. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, fuck those guys. Like they were literally eating cookies that were sent to him. Yeah. And so he starts eating the cookies, but he's made a big scene for himself. So now everyone's trying to chase after him yeah. or get out like, themselves. Yeah. Guards just trying to stop him from leaving. I assume all the prison mates are, are like the red guardian. Cause he's probably been like a, a, you know, like a bully to all of us in this prison for however long, like making us listen to stories and beating us in arm wrestling competitions for however many years. So they, so we see that Natasha and Yelena have the this helicopter that they got from uh, Natasha's uh, friend, the agent, uh, and the helicopter comes in, and it's just this, it's this like really cool sequence of prison escape, Black Widow fighting a bunch of bad guys doing the Black Widow pose. Yeah, that was another really funny thing that I'm. Uh, that keeps coming back is the the black widow pose every time you mm -hmm. see it yeah now it's like now you now it's been pointed out you like you're like oh ha well. and like but like the instant she like that yelena does the black widow pose in the movie mm -hmm. we you know exactly what she's talking about and yeah. you can picture black widow doing it like three in three separate movies pretty much yeah at least for me yeah it's just yeah it's her thing you know like it's her like Ugh, yeah she dropped into the the widow like pose or whatever. And it turned that pose from like, Oh, black widow to making it funny, which you almost got to respect that. Like they would keep it in the movie that Scarlett Johansson would be cool. Basically poking fun at herself that much. Cause it does sort of rob the coolness of that pose and turns it into a bit of a joke, but it's still cool because like it's yeah, it's cool. It it's was always followed cool up with her kicking ass every time. Yeah. And one thing I think like, her mentioning that like that dropping in there kind of goes with like this 
sort of um like a little bit like okay because taskmaster has this like theme of copying things yeah. right and so like there's like a theme of like copy here right and so the idea of like her doing that and then later florence Pugh copying her and the fact that she points out like you do this every time kind of thing yeah it's this idea of like you replicate the same move every time and then she replicates it later so it's i think it it's just like a little point that almost ties in with the general theme right of yeah. of this like you know copying that is there so just so like that's just another one little interesting point I noticed. Yeah. So, but I think this whole and like they trigger a um uh, an avalanche to occur too. So now they have to get out like while being shot at, while guards are keeping Alexi from getting up to where the helicopter is, while Black Widow's having to fight off, while Florence Pugh is uh flying a helicopter and shoots like a rocket that ended up causing the avalanche. And then this avalanche is happening. I just think this is a cool ass scene. Yeah, no, it's, it's like really well done where she's like battling people. There's a, there's a tension. There's literally like a time thing now. Like there is an avalanche coming. If you don't do this, like, you know, sooner than later, you're, you're just going to get like, he's going to get buried or all these people are going to die, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it increases the stakes. It's not just like, Oh, inevitably, eventually black widow and guy will escape because she'll just, she'll just win. And we assume he will. But now it's like, you need to escape in the next 30 seconds or you're going to be buried in snow. And they do get they do get out. They mm. both make it on the rope out. And I like I just like the little touch of Florence Pugh, like when she or when she sees that, like both of them made it out on the rope. She just like, yes, yeah, <laughs> she was like, cool. Yep. Yeah, uh, I just again, there's this there's this charm in how Florence Pugh plays Yelena. That, yeah, just keeps coming through the movie. We'll just keep pointing it out. One thing I want to say, though, this is like, look, this is a tiny criticism. Just one of those, like, and of course, we can be like, okay, I assume that this is real and this is real. You're, you're going to tell me that these guys were lighting up this, like, janky-ass helicopter. Yeah. No, and they yeah, never hit yeah. the rotors or anything important? That's where I had to do have some suspense of disbelief. The amount of times they're just shot at and nothing happens. No, no, no. See, suspense of disbelief is the, I can assume that these people are all super heroic and can do these things and drop out of the plane and da-da-da. When someone shoots at a fucking beat up helicopter like that, like th those things are quite delicate. Like yeah. helicopters are very delicate. You, if you fuck with the yeah. instruments a little yeah. bit, like those things are not going to be able to fly. And like it's getting hit by like a, a heavy machine gun fire, like consistently. Like the, the bullets are just ripping through it, and we just watch it. I'm like, okay, cool. Never hits any important systems. Apparently, the whole hull of this uh, thing was strong enough to just, like whatever. All right, cool. That was beyond my substance of disbelief. I was like, this is not how machines work. Okay, whatever. We'll just move on. But I was, sometimes, like, those things just stick out of my head and just, like, this doesn't make sense. But they what, get, they, what they could have done is, like, the guy was preparing to fire and Yelena was already ready and was, like, get get bent before it's it shot too much. Would be a little more, like, uh, you know, add to her being aware or, you know, a cool assassin and stuff. It, I, I thought about it when it was happening, but it didn't take me out. I, I get what you mean. But they got away. They got away. And then we get this interaction between... This this sort of like arrogant interaction between uh, Alexi Red Guardian and Natasha and Yelena, uh, where where we see we see like we just get a really clear view of like what this guy's whole mindset. We get it in the prison where he's like, "I fought Captain America," and da da da. This this real super arrogance, like this guy, like I am a big deal. Machismo bravado. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't know if that's supposed to be kind of like a general like portrayal of like a Russian stereotype or even just like a who he is, right? I think he, it's more who he is. Yeah, and and it's because we we get the idea that it's just he, you know, he's like, "I am the Red Guardian. I was supposed to be the biggest deal," like, and, and that. 
even though he basically like wasn't that big a deal. Like he, he says, he's like, he was stuck in prison for all these years. He thinks that he was a great father or whatever, but like he kind of wasn't, he played his role. We don't know what he was actually like as a father for those three years up until that yeah. one point. But at some point he stopped being their father and sent them off. And, and we get, we get the, uh, Yelena like very carefully explaining to him what happened to them like specifically with like the 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 uterus removal and like he's just like oh no stop talking about this no 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 i don't i I don't want to hear this this is too graphic Mm -hmm. and like like it's graphic yeah because you let that happen to them yeah i want to say that this is like a point in this movie where okay uh and like you'll see you'll by the end of the movie you get the sense but i really love this as a like movie for like a role model type like movie for girls i think that this movie portrays uh like the women as being badasses not because they are women but just because they are badasses it it, like gives the idea that you can be a badass woman and it doesn't have to be because you're a woman uh and and like i appreciate and it also just addresses these like sort of like womanly things in a normal way like them just talking about like you know women's reproductive organs and stuff yeah movies won't do that i mean like well so most people won't even like you can't bring those things up because it's like too taboo so here's the thing the mcu has dealt with this before when black widow revealed that that she couldn't have kids uh i believe it was to bruce in maybe age of ultron she revealed that and it was sort of like a touching scene and in this Mm -hmm. movie it's played much more like like grimly and solemnly yeah but like also like as a joke yeah exactly like, like it's they, like very serious like it's like hey this this was a fucked up thing that happened yeah but like i it's not like the end of the world for me like me not being able to have kids doesn't like make me not a fucking human yeah absolutely and i and i like that's like a general point that they make it's it's really good i mean because there there are unfortunately some women out there that don't have that ability or never got the chance and and the idea of like taking this movie and making a point of like hey it's okay you can still be good and significant and and valuable you can still and, be a woman yeah you, you're you still, still a woman even without that it doesn't yeah. define you and, and like the fact that like being a woman does not define them in this movie they are just kick-ass badass like heroes i mean they're not you know like like what was a hero and they do heroic things here but they're not all not all good here like uh yelena is still an assassin at the end like probably ends up continuing to be an assassin well um, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah but uh but i i just like i think that is how you really portray women in film in a way that's like uh, to be a real model for uh you know girls and i i just i like that about this whole movie i love that they did that in black widow they didn't make it about her being a woman at any point they dealt with you know like female issues in a really real way and i just i i love that and that that conversation right there was another like moment where they were just like this is just normal you can talk about reproductive organs it's you know like everybody has them like you shouldn't shy away from these kind of topics and to your point that when you you know that just because they don't have them doesn't make them any less yeah so they've broken out alexi and they start asking alexi where the red room is and he's like i don't know i've been in prison but you know who would know melina your yeah. mother yeah and they're like our mom's still alive and he's like yeah she lives in a farm in saint petersburg yeah and they're like i don't think this helicopter is gonna get there and he's like no it it will be fine cut to the helicopter falling out of the sky. Yeah, very like dad moment where he's just like, nah, it's cool. It's good. And then it's like, oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, so they, you know, they they drop out nearby and then they walk over and Melina sees them coming and they go in and it's family reunion, even though for some of them, they're like, this isn't a family reunion. 
They're yeah. like, well, it is like we were a family. And this is this is where you get the really touching, uh, basically Yelena revealing to them to the rest of the family, like, like you guys may this may have been an act for you guys, but I was too young to ever think that this was an act. This was so real to me, and to hear you guys trivializing it as if it never really mattered, it's like heartbreaking for her to hear, and she has to leave the room, and and it allows for. Alexi to come in and do like at first he's just doing his like I'm a dumb like he doesn't really understand what she needs to hear but then we get this touching like little singing along to American Pie yeah and it's just so it's just so sweet like mm-hmm. yeah because it's it just shows that like hey he he's like I never forgot you like I always you know like I know that this was your favorite song like like in in just a small way right yeah. like what what else could he do to be like you know hey this is your favorite song again it's been 21 years and he never forgot that yeah like j- i mean obviously we haven't lived that long but 21 years ago is like i don't, I don't remember half of that shit so i i it's one of those things where i cannot really say what i remember from when i was 5 so exactly but he, and even if it's like okay cool you know that like we were young then but like still that's it, it is the same like we did we were fully aware at that in your life like you could remember those things to say 10 years ago i don't remember you know certain things yeah and so for him to remember that 21 years ago uh, clearly it had an impact on him the the favorite song of his pseudo daughter but yeah kind of a touching moment and 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 a point where like almost in the moment like i think natasha is actually because she's the one that really does trivialize it she's like it was fake it wasn't real and 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 yelena just like no don't say that don't say that yeah because because it it, especially her i think hearing it from natasha because like her parents she could be like yeah whatever but like hearing her basically the big sister that she grew up with say that none of their relationship was real like really like you could tell it hurt her yeah definitely and i mean because the parents they they even tried to say like hey like maybe it wasn't real but like we, we did a great job and i will say that for the small moments we get, it's it's very short, but we do get like Melina when she's with the kids before she knows anything's over. She's like, you know, oh yeah, paintings are so like she does teach them. She's like teaching them even in that moment. Like these are things that'll make you stronger. Like she's being a caring parent and trying to teach them even in her way. Like she definitely yeah. was like bioluminescence, like clearly, clearly a scientist basically, but in their ways trying, I mean, still was making the dinner and saying, Hey, get some, get some ranch for your dad and yada. yada. And, and when he comes home before he says anything, he is like, we're going to go on an adventure. Like he's trying to be a parent in that moment. Yeah. He is trying to like present it to them in a way where it's like, you know, Hey, this, we're going to go on it. Even though like they're about to literally like go run from the police and like shoot at them and stuff. But like the, I think the striking moment is when Melina is uh, making, basically staring at uh, Natasha Natasha knows what's going on. Melina knows what going, what's going on. And Melina just says, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and then even to the end, uh, right before they're, they're taken away. Right. He knows that like they're going on and moving on to the, do what they're doing. But like in this care for his daughters, uh, uh, Alexi is like, you are both strong. You are my kids and you are going to like, he, he, yeah. he bolsters them. He does what a dad would do, which is inspire them with confidence before they have to go. And like, if, if he really didn't care, like, why would he even say that? He'd be like, all right, peace yeah. out kids. Like, bye. They cause, cause in this moment, like Natasha's stolen a gun and she's like threatening them. And like, had he not like calmed him down, the easier thing to do would have been to just like kill the kid. Like, yeah, exactly. Because it looked like she was going to be difficult. Yeah. You know, like, is that like symbols that like they could have just been like, all right, these, you know, like getting annoying, like you're, you're not even in the program yet. We don't care. Don't need you. Like it could have been handled like that, but he came in there and it, like, I, like their father tried to inspire them with confidence. I, I also like the little 
moment like where he like picks up the little stuffed uh my little pony toy and like because like if he didn't care then like why would he have even picked that up yeah or the same thing like why why did melina keep the like she literally told her no don't take it but then she kept it anyway and the, all the photos were fake but even if the photos were fake the memories are still real like that time was still real and we do get the idea even if it seems like in some way and tasha says like oh it was fake and yeah that like they all cherish that time yeah yeah, and like they like Alexi liked being a father, and Malia, they did their. They, there, there's a reason that when Alexi like saw her, saw that the girls had saved him, like he was like excited to see them. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, "My girls have returned." Yeah, and like Melina, like sure, Melina calls the red room on them when they get here, but like she also lets them approach. Like she had a, like she she could have like been way more harsh and like when she really like gets into the motions of it because it's been like 20 years so you can understand her not being aligned with them immediately but like when like her like when the feelings start coming out she does like sort of come to terms with the fact that hey like i i care more about you guys and fuck the red room yeah i mean like she lets them approach and even if she does it's almost like she one she's actually been working with them all this time so, I mean, because of that, it's like she never like to say Alexi got put in prison. So he was like, OK, fuck them. He was actually on, on the automatic. Fuck them for 20 years now. She's been working with them all this time, serving the purpose that she's always served. Like she was a widow before she she even said, I've been through the Red Room four times already. She was she was serving this purpose for literal like years and years and years before she was ever a, a mother, this mother figure. And even after that, she's still like I, I, I see more in her like it was still this drilled into her and this is how you have to be but to say be, even with all that in mind that she was in there multiple times and it served all this time that those three years that time with the girls was so important to her that she still was like even though she she automatically was like i need to call it on them you know like call them in she still told natasha gave them the moment and then helped her bring them down yeah. we still you know what like even though it's it's ingrained in me that i was programmed and con you know controlled to serve and do this and have done it for all these years that i still care about you all more than enough to to like throw it all away exactly and, and so again it just i i think even though it seems raw what they did and this this is why it's so nuanced right we get enough things that we're observing here to see the nuance of what that family was like and how it like how even though they could let it go it did matter to them and how an interesting weird fractured thing to see that you know like black widow natasha makes it clear like she found a family with the avengers that like and yeah. we could see that like she had like what she thought was a family basically taken away from her and then was alone all these years. And like the closest thing to her was Barton who, who like saved her yeah. person that was supposed to kill her, saved her and then helped her escape. And that she grew to love the Avengers and like, and, and appreciate them as people that she cared for. And at the end of this movie, we, I mean, it's not like a spoiler. We all, but at the end of this movie, she's like, I, I realized I did have two families. My, the family I had here was still real. Even yeah. if I felt like it was nothing. And I have the Avengers. And that, I mean, that's like a really awesome, beautiful yeah, thing. This movie, this movie, like the other big blockbuster of this summer, Fast and the Furious 9, it's all about family. It's all about family, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but in that time when they're there, you know, we have all these interactions and we and we really get like this. This was a perfect interaction where we get like the, the cementing, like this, again, that nuance of their family and how it was real, but also like not. And like kind of this like, there's a little bit of reconciling here to a degree of like airing out these things like, it was fake. It wasn't fake to me. You know, like them all like talking about like, cause, cause basically the last time they all saw each other together was literally the day when that ended. 
after that, I, you know, I don't know if Natasha ever saw Yelena during that time, but she was aware of her. She knew that she existed, you know, probably didn't know where Melina was. Obviously, Alexei was just in prison the whole time. So like, yeah, they, they have not actually been together since that moment. So well, they never so talked about it. Here's the thing. I don't know if Alexei was in prison the whole time. They don't really get dig into the details of that, but he's probably been in prison a while because he still knew where Melina lived. So. I guess you're right. Yeah. He did say like, he, I, I, I thought it was like, he's been there the whole time because he referenced like, well, he just threw me in prison. Like he, you know, I was going to come back and be blah, blah. And he just but, threw me in prison. But he had enough information of what was going on outside. Maybe he was just being fed it through the prison, but yeah. 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 So, um, that, I mean, I guess that is potential, but we get this moment and then it turns like, you know, we find out, oh, the red room's coming and we get this, basically they show up, they uh, take them all and they take them to the red room, which is, you know, literally on like a spaceship in the sky. And that's why they stayed above the radar. Yeah. I like how they say above the radar, even though that's not the term it's below the radar. Yeah. 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 But yeah, whatever. Like, but <laughs> I get it above the radar. It makes sense. Cause it's, they're literally beyond even the ability to be seen. Um, and so they're taken there and we get Natasha's or not Natasha. Uh, Melina is brought to Drakov and well, Elena is going to get Natasha's. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. Well, we all know like, I, Hey, I want to say this. I saw it. I, I literally saw it immediately that that was the plan. Like I, I was not fooled at all. Um, I didn't, I didn't think that it was the face swap thing because I always forget that that's a thing in these movies. So I, my thought was that Natasha was the one that was passed out, but she was like given like some trick to get out. And then Melina was going to like turn tide. But so I, I, I them swapping places I thought was cool too. Yeah. I knew that it was going to happen because once she opened the little secret area, we see two, um, these fa- it didn't really have anything on it, but they just look like these two facial things. And I was like, Oh, that was a good catch. Then it's I the facial swap technology. And, and as soon as it was like, oh, Natasha's just captured with no, the fact that Natasha was just captured and was there and we didn't see anything happen. I was like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Like, there's no way that's happened. Melina didn't tell her and then knock Natasha out. We didn't hear anything. There was no fight going on. Like, Natasha, Natasha's just going to fall down. So it, it was all kind of get. I, I knew immediately that that was kind of the plan. And that's why it almost, because I, it might have been more surprising if I hadn't known. But because I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh, I see how this is going to play out. Okay, I see. I see their plan. This is clever, clever. But yeah, so... The climax, a lot of stuff is sort of going on in the climax. We get Melina trying to ground the ship, which at first she tries to do it through the normal means of having the ship go down. But then she decides to just blow up an engine, which leads to some chaos. Alexi's like just like sort of muscling his way through fights with Taskmaster a little bit. That's Mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool little fight there. Yeah, except he just gets beat up, basically. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe there would be like some cool redemption, like Taskmaster hasn't had enough time to study his moves, so maybe Red Guardian can get like uh you know an edge on Taskmaster or something. But but no, it was just the, I mean he got a moment to battle, and I and I think it is in some way it was supposed to be uh representative of the fact that Taskmaster has copied uh, Captain America's moves and was using the shield, even though I did also use the claws. Um, this was like a moment for whether he knew it or not, I think it was supposed to be like a red guardian is facing captain and a captain. America way, equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Someone that's a mimic of captain America or at least Avengers. Like you're basically fighting the Avengers and captain America right now. And even though he gets beaten, it's like a moment for him to live the glory that he never got. But they also get the ha- taskmaster locked up in a cell. So yeah, 
Yeah, so I guess like, he does succeed in a sense in the fight. Like he neutralizes Taskmaster to the, you know, uh, like if uh, Natasha hadn't let Taskmaster out, then Taskmaster would have died. And, and, and then Yelena is tasked with taking the red vials and then taking them to the Widows, who by the time that she's gotten to the Widows, the Widows have been called to uh, Drakov's office, which Drakov's office, that's a, that's sort of the bulk of what we're paying attention to because that's where Natasha mm. is. And... How, how, what do you think of this scene, this whole situation? Because I've heard a lot of people like kind of feel that him as a bad guy is a bit either underused or just underwhelming. Um, I might. I okay. So I think that there were like the the stakes were raised in, in like him. One, I don't think he was underused or, or underwhelming. I, I maybe he was underwhelming in the sense it was like oh my god, but like okay, first of all, this guy is just like an operator. He's yeah. just a operator behind the things. He's not a combatant, so he's not going to get into an action-y fight. What he then employs, though, during that time is one, his awareness and his control, right? That's that's his whole thing, is that he has uh, he is aware and in all these different things and, and stuff, and that he has control over everything around him. Yeah. So the fact that, one, he he recognizes that Natasha is Natasha. He says, I always know that the eyes of the blah, blah, blah. Like, he knew the whole time he was talking to Melina that it was actually Natasha, even through the face swap technology. Yeah. So that was one like I thought that was kind of like again um shows his like awareness as a villain his like one of those attributes of who he is. And then the control, the fact that he you know was like I'm going to have this conversation because I know that you can't harm me. I knew that you couldn't harm me this whole time. There's nothing you could do to to shoot me because I have like a literal pheromone here. Yeah. Um and I think this this whole thing though is subverting his idea of like I'm aware and I know and I'm so in control. And subverting that because Natasha had all the information to subvert, you know, him the entire time. And all she was doing was the exact same thing. And this is like that moment of copy or like um, of, uh, you know, basically her doing a same a same thing, which is exactly what she does to Loki, where she sits there and she talks like, oh, my God, you're, you're like beating me. You're really beating me down this mental game here to get them to reveal more or to show more. And does the exact same thing here. It shows like a, a real power of Black Widow, which it is to use. Is it the beginning of the Avengers movie? I, I know that you're talking about something with her and Loki, but like even in the beginning of the first Avengers movie, the way that she's brought in is that she's interrogating uh, some people while she's the one tied up to a chair. Yep. And like she answers a phone call and says, I'm, t I'm interrogating some guys. Yeah. And it's just this like sort of like, okay, so you get that like even when it looks like she's powerless, she's the one in control. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's even like she. Uh, like I would say in a way, this is like her even using like an expectation of women is that like, oh, they're going to be less powerful, whatever. Like and, and she uses that like, oh, you, you think that you're dominating me right now, that you're winning the, the this game here. And she's at her advantage. Yeah. Uh, and and right here she does the same thing. It's like she's aware of the pheromone thing. She's aware that she can't harm him. Uh, but she just knows she knows how to deactivate. She knows like all I have to do is wham. Like I just need yeah. to pop the nerve and, and I can get him. Basically, she's in control of the situation. Until the widows come in. Yeah. Um, until the widows come in, which you didn't quite see. But even then, she's still in control because she stole his ring. Yeah. Like, she wanted to be in the room. She well, wanted him okay, to go. Okay, so she would have she been basically screwed had Yelena not come in and released the widows. Yeah, she would have. And this is where we see, like, oh, like, you know, the, the sisterly love. Oh, she yeah. helped save love. Like, you know, we, we get that kind of moment. But I understand some people's criticism about him not being as much of a villain. But, like, the whole point is that he... You can't look at him as like him there, that single guy. 
You had to look at what he created and what he was doing. Like, yeah. You got to look at him as the villain, as everything he did. He set Taskmaster after them. He set all the widows after them and, and was a constant hounding on them. Uh, and like, even up to this point, like his control, his awareness, his like, how did he keep finding them? How did he know that they were in Budapest? How did he know that? Like, I mean, he, yeah. he kept being even to the point where he wasn't in, he's not in control of Melina, but like the, the fear or the, whatever it is that's instilled in Melina made her be like, I need to report them. Even though yeah. I don't want to, I got yeah. to do it. Melina's got instinct was to do that. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that he set up. So hit him as a villain is not like him, the single guy, but like everything that he orchestrated and put together. And into that moment, it was beating his ability to control and, and be aware of all the situations. And that was what Natasha did. She, she subverted his control utterly and was able to take, you know, like take him down because of that. Yeah. I'll be honest. I liked, um, uh, his sort of like, uh, Russian Tony Soprano shtick mm -hmm. and uh, seeing Taskmaster revealed in in the same scene with him as his daughter, which I kind of called. Oh, I super called it. Yeah. Like I literally almost immediately like when they were like, oh, like when I found out that Drakov survived the thing, I was like, oh, his daughter survived too. And she's Taskmaster now. Like, yeah. that's just yeah. it. I was like, there's no other reveal. Why would we even keep talking about her daughter? I get I know it was like a big point, but I was like, there's no other than like her feeling regret over that. They keep mentioning her daughter. I was like. All right, well, there's nobody else that could tell us who Taskmaster is, so it's got to be his daughter. Yeah. Like, guarantee. And she's in, like, a robot. I thought she would be in, like, more of a robot body or something. Like, she had to be, like, put back together and, and stuff. And so I don't know what her less of her body looks like, but, I mean, but, like, she had a, like, okay, there was a little literal bomb in front of this little girl. And, you know, maybe they used some badass technology to bring her back, but, like, she has a scar on the side of her face, and one of her eyes is just slightly cloudy. I was like, come on here. Come on whatever i get it you know like obviously drakov survived so maybe like you know she was at the like there was some kind of defensive thing they had or anticipation of the bomb or technology something like that. skin grafts who knows hey honestly like i i thought to myself i was like you know it's not that hard to believe that they had some kind of bomb sending technology they have that in the white house like that's a normal thing you can you can like sense the materials of bombs and stuff like uh any kind of like c4 and explosives and they have those sort of like checkpoints at like in you know major government areas like they don't just let you like walk in with bombs easily so like the idea even though like oh the daughter walked in and they didn't check her i'm like bullshit they check everybody yeah you know i think it was like they gave uh they maybe sensed it too late or something but like it's totally within the possibility that they knew it was coming and yada nonetheless nonetheless um, Wait, um yeah, uh, definitely saw it coming though yeah and so the widows are released uh with uh, black widow steals the information from alexi's computer with the ring that uh, she took from him and uh, is able to utilize that later on to give to Yelena to go around and release all the widows. Yeah. Um, and that's truly, I think like her getting all that is truly beating him. Cause let, let's say you kill him though. Right. But the network still exists. And the fact that like that's console or something can exist somewhere else. Like I'm sure the red room's not the only way that he would control someone. Like he wouldn't just have a tent, like a fucking tablet or some other base that he exists in somewhere else. Yeah. You know, so some other person that's even somewhat in the know of this organization would be like, all right, well, we'll just, we'll just assume his thing and go take over the black widows that exist still and still have the exact same control. So her getting the information of all the black widows so that they can then take down that network, like released all of them, all those girls was key. That was really defeating him. I think not just killing him, but like defeating his whole plan. One hundo. Uh, and then we also see uh, Natasha taking the time to free Taskmaster, Task, Taskmaster from the uh, cell that Alexi put her into. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because Natasha doesn't want to see 
like this person die for no good reason. Like, uh, like she let her die. Mm-hmm. She thought she killed her before. So this time she's trying to make it up to her. Yeah. But because of the ships like falling apart, uh, taskmaster gets separated and, um, uh, Natasha is basically going, running off, trying to escape some more. And then she sees, uh, Yelena and Yelena sees Drakoff flying off about to go off in a helicopter. But before he gets the chance to Yelena basically uh, takes this like a uh, this like fighting stick it's, thing. Yeah, it's like the combination of like the widow's stun baton and makes it into a, a stun staff or whatever. And then uses it to jam like the blades and the engine or whatever of the ship that uh Drakoff's about to fly off and and it sends her like flying off of the Mm -hmm. ship, but it also like uh, successfully uh, causes his ship to like just explode and Drakoff is killed and Yelena did it. Yeah. But then we get Natasha like finding a parachute and jumping off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, a couple more moments. I want to say like, you know, these moments of like, uh, again, like copy or repetition and stuff like that. Where when we have uh, sort of like a redeem the redeeming moment, right? Of like of the potential for Black Widow to stand by, but if she just stood by, the girl would have died, right? And that's what she had to do before. It was like stand by and and you know eliminate a danger. If she, uh, she like letting go of Taskmaster might have prevented her from killing Drakov, right? So like she could have stood by, let this girl die, and gone after you know uh, Drakov to make sure that she's dead. This time she was like no. Like this might have repeated here, but I'm going to change, you know, what it was. And then we have a repeat of in the earlier in the movie, we have um, Yelena say something like the, oh, that would be a fun way to die. And then yeah. later when she's about to get her head cut open, be like, this is not fun. Like not yeah. a fun way to die. It's a lot of callbacks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, again, it's just repetition of the similar things. You know, the, again, Yelena, even here, the dropping in as the Black Widow, repeating yeah. the same stuff. Uh, and uh, oh, and even uh, another again, the theme of repetition or copying is that like w- we hear from Melina when she says, I've been through the Red Room four times, like that the Black Widows have just been continuously copying, repeating over and over again. Like this just continuously happens over and over. Yeah. Um, and, and it's that, about breaking that cycle. Yep. It's breaking the cycle of, of the of the copying of the repetition here. And I think that's maybe even is the, like, I think that might be the core of the theme of the movie. It's like the, the cycle of repetition and breaking that cycle. To, I, I for, think to I move into a better direction. I still think the core of theme of the film is family, but I don't, I mean, I, okay. I, there can be more than one theme in a movie. So I, I don't know if it's the core theme to say family though, because family is an element here, but I think the core theme is that repetition. It's breaking the cycle. Um, I would, I would argue potentially that, because I don't know that family is inherent to them. If we removed her family from being here, they could have done all the same. Like if, if uh, red, uh, red guardian and um, uh, Melina are not in the movie, we still get, we can still hit all the similar beats with just her and her sister. And it, and it doesn't need to be about their family, but that's still, it's still family. Look, they're, they're just living life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I will, I would argue it's not, co- it's not the core theme, but it certainly is there. Obviously, you know, we like the, the family thing. Um, but yeah, so I think again, right there, this will be fun. Like she assumed that she was doing this and was going to die yeah. and, and was like, but this was a fun, a more fun way to die. Yeah. And I, and, and she was willing to do that. And, but we get Natasha saving her in, of course, conveni- again, one of the cool, coolest sequences of the movie is this just like falling sequence mm-hmm. of first I'm uh, saving Yelena and then we see Taskmaster like like shooting down towards them. And 
it's yeah a couple these are small tiny criticisms not even like really a big deal but one convenient uh parachute laying on the ground uh, just yeah. one though yeah like very convenient really great glad that, that was there if it's not there then the only doesn't get uh, saved and you know whatever um and then uh i i just remember thinking to myself i was like uh, cause they're, cause they're like falling through the sky and you get like sort of an idea that they're pretty, like they're very high up and they've been yeah. falling for a minute and then they like, are landing. Yeah. But I'm like, Natasha, probably not the best idea to activate the parachute when they're literally in the, in the scene, stuff still falling from above. You could literally just shatter the fucking parachute. That's and then, true. And then, and then I had that. I, had I was like, thought. you might have let her fall a little further to like a safer ish area. Like she could have guided her fall like to around the debris more, you know, like you can drop the parachute a lot later than that. I just remember, I mean, but she just had to, she'd be like, I'm saving you, boom, bye, you know, and yeah. I'm jumping off of you now. But I just remember thinking that, you know, just one of those little like, hmm. <laughs> and then uh, Natasha pushes off of uh, Yelena to deal with Taskmaster. They end up back on the ground, the parachute taking them down. And we get one last basically fight between them. But this time Natasha has a goal in mind. She's not trying to beat Taskmaster. She's trying to save taskmaster so yeah. she manages to get the helmet released and she uses one of the vials that she took to um uh release uh i think it's antonia antoni mm-hmm. uh what's yeah i think it is antonia yeah so she releases antonia from the mind control and she's like thank you is he gone yeah like just to like show like this was his daughter and she was still like he was like the nightmare like boogeyman in a way to yeah her he was all about subjugation control that was his whole thing um and they subverted all that you know by releasing not only his daughter releasing the in the future releasing the widows releasing the widows immediately under control yeah you know taking down the red room so it couldn't be replicated this yeah breaking the cycle of control and you know yeah and that was kind of one of the final things there and then and then we sort of get the separation of natasha from her family because she leaves she leaves them to go off and save the widow she gives the uh information to yelena and tells her melina can copy this uh uh the the red dust to save all the girls but she left it up to yelena to do and presumably that's what yelena goes off and does while Natasha stays behind to deal with a shield that's coming after her, or does she? Because she, we know she's not captured, and we know that she goes on to meet back up with Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we see how she gets the, like the, not, I don't know if it's a Quinjet, but basically like a Quinjet that she is then the Quinjet that she then takes. And I did, you know, I had to go look this up later because she gives her that vest. It is the vest that she's wearing in, um, uh that in infinity war see that's that's a really good touch <laughs> yeah so i was like oh okay cool yeah so like that vest that she's wearing is the vest that yeah like it wasn't just a set piece um so um yeah i mean but and that's basically where we get to the resolution of the movie not including our post credit scene but then that post credit scene yeah natasha natasha sadly passed away mm-hmm. um uh but she she's she was an avenger she avenged us and she helped to take down thanos mm-hmm. yeah and she has a grave in the midwest is confirmed so we can assume back in ohio yep um though it's not that's not specifically said uh and yeah we have yelena's visiting her grave and you know mourning over her 
sister and whatever. And she's visited. Yeah. By Valentina de Contessa de Valentina, blah, 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 you know, from who, who we most recently saw or pretty much the only other time we've seen her is in a, a captain Falcon and the winter soldier, captain America and the winter soldier. Yeah. Uh, where she enlists, um, us agent. Yeah. Us agent whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, actual name like in this in the story not the actor's name yeah uh, but yeah enlists the u.s agent and we see her here basically setting uh yelena to the task of, of avenging uh natasha's killer who she you know lays out to be barton yeah i mean and like based on anything we can know like barton probably like like we don't know how the information of uh natasha's death gets disseminated to people but like Barton and Natasha went off together and Barton came back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, and he only told actually like literally he told Tony, a uh, Captain America, uh, Hulk and um, uh, Ant-Man whose name. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. So, man, terrible. Uh, but yeah, he, those are the only people he actually told. Oh yeah. And uh, technically uh, rocket. I think rockets there as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rockets there and Thor. Um, so he tells Nebula. like uh, Nebula. And and uh, no, because that that was not Nebula. That's a dead Nebula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he only tells them right, and then Tony's dead, and Captain America's gone, and Thor's also gone. So I, this information must—I I don't know how this information gets out, and I and I assume maybe we'll find out how it is known. But I don't think one—I don't think Valentina knows exactly even what happened. I think that it's kind of just like we're just trying to, you know, she's just trying to put like a target on Barton's back. And say, like, this is the guy that killed her. Go after her. And but this is a great teaser for the Hawkeye show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe, I, th- you know, hopefully maybe we're going to see something like a Yelena or like Widows pursuing Barton kind of thing. Well, we're de- I think we're definitely going to see. I Well, look, I was kind of like iffy on whether or not on how interested I was going to be in this Hawkeye show. I was going to watch it, but like I, you, it's hard to have high expectations for the Hawkeye show. But if you tell me Florence Pugh is in this show, I'm watching it. Uh, I'm watching it every chance I get. Yeah. I also think this sets up like the uh, we're setting up more of like the Dark Avengers. Yeah. Here. Like literally, I mean, we now have our Captain America analog and we have our, uh, Black, our Widow. Black Widow analog. So I think we're going to keep kind of seeing, you know, more things added along to it. We also. Um, but it's interesting, though, that this keeps furthering the Dark Avengers with characters who aren't aren't that bad like like u.s agent yeah he does messed up stuff but like he sort of has some redemption in his arc and he never goes that dark and yelena like yeah she was mind controlled into being an assassin but she's not bad at all like in black widow yeah exactly like or at least you know it's hard to agree but we know that she's probably willing to do some like her her moral standards may not be quite as high as As, natasha's at least and we know that u.s agents aren't as high as captain america's so again, you know, to say dark Avengers, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're, dark they're, they're set. They're setting these dark, this potential dark Avengers up with characters that at least from, at least Yelena's character, we're going to want to sympathize with like, yeah. So that was a, a cool reveal. Good send off for black widow. Like we're a moment where she actually gets mourned at least by somebody. Uh, and, and uh, yeah. Uh, and we're, you know, again, we're just getting more set up for future cool stuff from the mcu but yeah this uh this is a really 
like I said, I thought this movie was great. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good. And it was only really my expectations going into it that made it any less. Um, and I just think it hits so many it, like narratively and as a movie hits so many notes. I think its theme is like really well done. Like, again, me looking at the theme of this like repetition cycle, um, you know, I think they, they just hit that theme in so many ways. It really works. I think that we get like, I mean, the, the acting, the, the, like Florence Pugh, like, I I seriously think she's better than like Black Widow in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I really, the movie (laughs) it's, it's kind of funny. Like, unfortunately, but like, like, and I wonder how much of that's intentional because they can't use Black Widow past this movie, but they can use Yelena. Yelena is coming back. Yeah. And they set that up immediately for her to come back. And I think like, I wonder, I wonder how much Disney knew, like how uh, great Florence Pugh was, because like they, the casting and the filming of Black Widow was probably being done. I can't. I, I'm not certain if it was happening like right around the time that her star was on the rise, or maybe if some of it was happening before that. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 where she basically started off the year in fighting with my family which wasn't like the biggest movie ever but mm-hmm. like it puts her face on your radar then she's in midsummer which like like instantly i was like who is this lady mm-hmm. she's incredible and then ends the year in little women with like a being nominated for an oscar for performance in that and like so to like i i just think disney is really good at picking up on fresh talent and new faces and stuff and like they chose really well with Florence Pugh. I think mm-hmm. I I have high expectations for her in the MCU and in like the world in general. Yeah, if she's our new Black Widow, I'm very okay with that. I mean, and I and I, I just realized that we have we've had like I, I saw something where it said like we've had ten years of of uh, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Yeah, and like that's I mean again it's kind of just like Robert Downey Jr. Captain America. Where there's like a little passing off of the torch as far as all these characters go, um, you know, where they're literally ending contracts, but also just choosing not to continue with their characters. She, she's the, uh, wouldn't she be the Avenger that's been in, like, other than Tony and Bruce, who like had their own debut movies in 2008, she's the uh, oldest established Avenger past them because she showed up in Iron Man 2, which I think came before Captain America or, uh, I don't know if it Thor. came. Before, I don't think it came before Thor. I think it came. I think Thor came after Iron Man. But but yes, I think you are. I think you're correct. She is one of the oldest. Definitely one of the oldest established Avengers. Yes. And yeah, you know what an epic conclusion to her her journey and and what's going to come forward. Um, but yeah, this this movie just hits so many good points. It's such a tight movie. Uh, and and again, just to say as an like back to like winter soldier comparison this has like it has like a kind of a like while using a little bit of its humor it has like a darkness and grittiness because yeah. again the stakes are we, just- didn't even, we didn't even talk about the smells like teen spirit opening credit sequence which was like mm-hmm. really just like sets you in like a uh a very particular mood yeah yeah that opening sequence like it definitely gives you i mean because we're just getting this like really crazy like the flash of images and like that like the hauntingness of the music, like over these, yeah, messed up images, haunting images. It's just like it. It gives you like a really good without having to like get into like all the things that she experienced. It does give you this like feeling of like, wow, yeah, this is like not you know the the what's happening to her is like not a good thing. Like this this you know the these future um, these events that go on 
are just there. I mean, you just get the feeling like these are not good. You know, this is suffering and loss of innocence. And yeah. So I think like there, there was a fear with a lot of people, I think of their be being Marvel fatigue a couple years ago before we had this break. And now that we're getting four movies before the end of the year, I, I started to get the fear of what if, what if this causes the Marvel fatigue? Because like, yeah, we didn't get anything for like a year, but like we've gotten shows this whole beginning of the year. We have this movie, we get three more movies and like two more TV shows coming in the second half of the year. But watching this movie, I don't feel fatigued. I just want more mm -hmm. like September can't come fast enough. We're still, we're still watching Loki. We got an episode left of that. Um, uh, I think the, uh, Hawkeye show is coming in fall. Yeah. It comes in I, August. Yeah. Is it really August? Yep. Wow. Yep. That's so soon. Uh, and then what if is coming up too, right? I think what if is also in August. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, maybe I'm wrong about Hawkeye. Hawkeye might be, a I think later. what if might what be if August. is in August. Cause the, cause it's the one that sh the trailer just dropped for. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I didn't have this idea. I never heard about this Marvel fatigue thing necessarily, but I think because of that break, what we're getting right now is this outpouring where it's just like, they're just, they're, you know, hammering on like over and over to really cement and get any, anybody that lost any kind of interest in Marvel, we're getting them all reintroduced, giving them tons of things to watch. Like, even if you're not like a, I'm watching every Marvel thing that comes out, if you come back, even if you had seen all the things, like I know some, I know some friends of mine who had not watched like any um, Avengers I, Marvel yeah, movies. I know and during like the 2020, they went and watched all of them. We're like, wow, this is so amazing. Yeah. They had a catch up moment. Uh, and now they have all these things that they can keep watching if they're not already watching. them. Look, Disney Disney Plus is like a perfect like venue of just like entrenching yourself in Marvel content. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I you know what? I because I came home from Black Widow and I turned on uh, Disney Plus because I had to watch Loki because I hadn't watched it yet. And you know what they had like as like the banner image of like stuff to watch. It was just each of the banners was a different movie that had Black Widow in it. Mm -hmm. And like just like scrolling through the Black Widow collection, I was just like, man, I kind of want to rewatch all of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's I yeah, I think one Disney Plus existing now is so perfect for them. And then like releasing these shows is like I would never watch Disney Plus. OK, I'm not like a person that really goes back and like watches like Disney movies, like, you know, as a leisure thing. I, I want to watch new movies or I just want to go do something else. Um, and the fact that I, I get keep getting brought back like this would be a reason for me to if I didn't have a, you know, a, a family member that had a subscription, this would be a reason for me to subscribe to it. Like if I didn't have someone else that I could use, I would be subscribing myself just to watch these. Episodes. Disney plus isn't that expensive. It's like five bucks a month. I mean like five or six bucks a month. Yeah. Which is reasonable. But like if, if they didn't have all this new content, all these new things, I wouldn't, I wouldn't subscribe to it just to watch old uh, Disney movies, but it's not just Disney movies. That's Marvel. Yeah, it is. It's, Marvel. It's, right. it's star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's national geographic. <laughs> Yeah. So Which, I mean, I, I haven't used that, that part of it, but honestly, like, like nature documentaries, Disney has like really cute movies. Like that's like, just like cool, like chill out stuff mm -hmm. to watch yeah. those. But, but Hey, like we're not sponsored by Disney, but like we could be. <laughs> hey, Disney. Yeah. You could sponsor us. <laughs> they don't need any of our sponsor. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, black widow, just honestly really excellent. I mean, I say, I say A minus, and that's like maybe even being a little too mean about it. I think it is probably really just an A movie. 
um, just because just of how it's made. Truly, like uh, all the things about it, every every beat that it hits, I think it does it perfectly. I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, this is the perfect balance of action and like narrative. Like the narrative does not suffer at all for this action, but there is a there's plenty. Like we there's never a moment where you're like, wow, it's just them talking for like you know almost an hour. That, like which happens in other movies where you're you're I mean you're like I think even in like um like uh I'm trying to remember think of maybe maybe I'm not thinking of like a I can't think of a good Marvel movie or anything right now but there there are plenty of movies where like it'll be an action movie but then it's just like them not actually doing anything action and it's like well I kind of came for action I didn't even necessarily come for action in Black Widow but I felt very satisfied by it and but still again like I said before that action was driving the narrative for it it wasn't gratuitous it wasn't just for no reason I wasn't just watching them fight you know for the sake of fighting. It was always like a. They go to this thing. They have to overcome some obstacles, and you know, through their 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 battle, they move forward with the story. And I want to give some credit to this director, who I just um uh, looked up their filmography, and honestly, I don't think I've seen anything that they've directed before because they have like some work in television on like some show called The Secret Life of Us, and a show called Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and uh, she's directed some movies called Somersault, Lore, Berlin Syndrome, which I've I haven't seen any of these. But it's another I, I assume that this is just another one of those situations of Disney picking up on a sort of indie-ish director that they see some potential in. And when they are given the means to create a big action movie, they do a great job. And so uh, this uh, Kate Shortland did a great job. And, and letting some female directors get in there, a new female a, director. A, right? a, a, absolutely. And we are having another female director uh, for Eternals. Uh, we've, I, I've mentioned it before. Um, Academy award winning director. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be like, that's some, I didn't even realize that the same director of a, you know, Nomadland, of, of Nomadland is directing Eternals, which makes, that makes me even have like super high expectations for it. I'm like, okay, this, the person that can, can direct it, this caliber is going to direct another Marvel film. Like, wow. Hmm. Okay. But I mean, yeah, Black Widow, man, what a excellent, fantastic movie. I mean, there might be some more things that I could I could talk to about on it, but I mean, I think I've gotten through some of my best favorite, you know, things to say here. We've definitely we've definitely talked a uh, a fair amount, so mm-hmm. it I think we can wrap it up. But hey, like if you got through this and you haven't watched it yet, what's wrong with you? Go watch it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I get, yeah, look, I, I think I think it's available with a premium purchase through Disney Plus if you're not com- comfortable going out to theaters. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's available on, on pre- which I got to say the advent of releasing films, you know, for premium access and stuff at your home. I, you know, it's it's an advent that should just keep being a thing forever. But I think there should always be theaters. I, I want to keep going to theaters forever. I want to keep watching movies in theaters. I will always be willing to pay for the tickets. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if I don't want to buy popcorn because it's too expensive and stuff like that, I, I still want to see movies and the, they are the best way to watch movies. I think. Yeah. You, you know what? I, I did not mind paying the extra fee for, uh, uh, Raya and the last dragon. I didn't pay it for Mulan because I heard bad stuff, but I didn't mind paying it for Raya. And then, uh, then I was really disappointed when they put Luca just on Disney plus no extra fee. And, didn't put it into theaters. It wasn't even an option to go see it in a movie theater. So that disappointed me. So I really hope that they preserve keeping like, like good movies going to theaters. Cause I want the opportunity to watch them in theaters. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean, unless you have any other points you want to make about black widow, I think I've, you know, said all I need to say. I, I think I'm good. Uh, great movie. Yeah. Great movie. 
you know, excited, worth the, excited worth the wait. for more MCU. Worth the wait. I, this would be an A plus movie if it had come out when it was supposed to. So for me, that's fair. Yeah. But uh, but if it had come out when it was supposed to, would would we have Florence Pugh in it? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure she still was in the movie. I don't think they sat there to re- redirect. Oh, I mean, like for... not like a year ago, but I mean, like in terms of timeline, like if they had released it in 2017 timeline wise. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean timeline wise. I just meant yeah. if it had been released when it was supposed to be released. Uh, I think I would have just, you know, went into it being like, wow, what an just, amazing yeah. movie to come, you know, to bring up Spider-Man. Like and while technically phase four began with the TV shows, this is the first film of phase four. Yeah. And I'm ready. What? Here's one question. Would the would the post credit scene have been the same? I don't think so, because it wouldn't have made sense. Maybe it would have made more. Maybe maybe it would have been a team. Maybe it would have been like what they are usually supposed to be, which is a total teaser. Like, who the fuck is that character? Like, who's that talking to Florence Pugh's character? What does that even mean? But I so in. in, Yeah. So we would have gotten the name Valentina. And we would have been like, okay, this is uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, so obviously she's important. Yeah, because if they had just released Falcon and Winter Soldier later and had her show up, then it'd be like, oh, oh, her from the thing. It would, it would actually been a pretty decent teaser. But I don't think it would have been the same. I think that that teaser mm-hmm. was yeah. changed. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so. because because it was easy enough to have uh, Florence Pugh and. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus just go film yeah. in front of a grave in Ohio. I do want to say I, I felt like I mean, I think it's supposed to look like it is supposed to be like what, six months later or some some amount of time later. Well, it's um, several years well, later. Yeah, several years later. But it's supposed to be, a, you know, some amount of time later. But I felt like Florence Pugh looked completely different, like even like older looking uh, almost in that thing, which makes sense because it's like uh, if they, re- they probably refilmed it. Yeah, yeah, they probably refilmed it like, you know, more than a year later after, she, you know, she was on different projects. And, and also, we don't know if she got uh, blipped or not. So she yeah. may she may be as much as like six, seven years older. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> all for now, guys. So uh, until next time. I'm Robert. And I'm Ryan. Have a good one. Yep.